Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves. And today I bring you short story number 18. This one has a Halloween theme and it's called Fine Print. Stay tuned. I am happy to launch this Halloween story on the first day of October 2019. So here's my story, Fine Print by Laurel McCarg. It's a really quiet neighborhood, babe. You're gonna love it. For the past few years, Perry and I have been searching for the perfect place to raise our children. City life is killing us, and Perry's new job allows us to settle down, finally, in one of the lovely neighborhoods in a little town called Leadville. We've vacationed there frequently, and the idea of living in an old, wild west mining town has always frightened and fascinated me. Frightened because I grew up accustomed to the comforts of an East Coast suburb, and fascinated because I've always loved a good challenge. Why not give this very different lifestyle a try? Perry's super focused on moving us soon, too. He met with a realtor last week while I was working. I'm pretty excited, and the kids think it'll be like a TV adventure. We'll have several choices. I think you and the kids will be happy with any of them. And it's walking distance to school, I ask. You can see the elementary school from all of them, he tells me. I try to imagine what it'll be like not to have to worry about bus schedules and traffic jams. We're at the realtor's office to tour our potential new neighborhood, and Perry's right. There are several homes available, and the prices are nothing compared to what we've been paying in the city. I introduce myself to Mary. How long have you been selling homes here? I ask. Oh, since Hector was a pup, as my father used to say. Can't remember a time when I wasn't in real estate. Mary charms the children with her bouncy attitude and bowl of treats. Is this trick or treat? Raphael, our seven-year-old, is all about the treats. And it just so happens to be October 31st. Perry and I plan to surprise the children with new costumes in a stroll around town later this evening. Tricky treat! Almost four, Angela does her best to mimic her brother. I'm happy they're so close. Rafi will be a wonderful big brother when Angie's old enough to worry me. We'll talk about trick-or-treat after we look at some cool houses, okay, kiddos? Perry ruffles Angie's golden ringlets. There's plenty of room in my car if you'd like me to drive. That way I'll be able to answer any questions you might have. We load into Mary's Subaru Outback, and I notice its pristine interior. It smells of astringent and something familiar, though I can't quite identify it. I pull back Angie's hand when she reaches out to draw designs on the condensation inside my window, and I give Rafi a look that tells him to keep his hands to himself, too. It's a message I've relayed more than a few times in his more than a few years of life. I wonder about how we'll all adapt to the cold. It's already snowed here and the pumpkins are covered in frost. We can do this, I tell myself. After all, just think of what the early settlers endured. No Gore-Tex, no Insta-Meals, no running water. Yeah, 
will survive. So much stone. I share my observation about many of the yards we pass. Zeriscaping is popular here, especially since the growing season is so short. Mary looks at me in her rearview mirror. Her eyes look blurry in the mirror. Must be the condensation or the extra heavy makeup someone seems to have caked on her face. There's no way she would have applied that much herself. An overly zealous daughter, perhaps? And I guess Halloween's really popular, too. There must be a sale on plastic headstones at true value, I say. Too many headstones for my taste, but hey, we're in the Wild West now, and it is Halloween. Mary smiles and fidgets in her seat. Can I get one? And Angie, too? Raffi asks, and I tell him we'll see if there are any left later on. They've certainly come a long way with lawn decorations. Several of these look authentic. Here's the street with the Holmes Perry toured last week. We'll start here. Mary pulls into a fairly nice driveway, and I see an old man sitting on his porch a couple of houses down. A floppy hat covers most of his pale face, and I wonder if he's ill. There's gold in them there hills, he shouts, pointing toward the mosquito range. I chuckle and wave at him, but he doesn't wave back. Some of the aspens in the hills still cling to their golden leaves, but for the most part, autumn colors have faded. As Frost aptly acknowledged long ago, nothing gold can stay. He's a funny old soul, says Mary. Lots of wizened veteran miners in town. They're standoffish, but it does make for a peaceful neighborhood. From the front yard, the elementary school is a stone's throw away. Despite a chilly interior, the first house is more than adequate for our needs, and there's a decent yard, plenty of space to put up Halloween headstones and other holiday decorations. All three homes are perfect, though I wish the realtor had turned on heat before we toured them, and we unanimously agree we'd like to live in the one on a corner lot. All that's left to do is the paperwork. Mary is positively buoyant over our decision, and for a moment she seems to lift from the ground. I really need to get more sleep, but excitement over this move has kept me awake nights. Back in Mary's car, I finally put my finger on the subtle secondary odor, formaldehyde, and I'm transported back to my high school biology class the day the dead earthworms are delivered. Yuck! As much as I want to ask Mary about it, I decide I really don't need to know about her extracurricular activities. We make quick work of signing the sizable stack of documents, laughing about how long it would take if we actually took the time to read through every page, and when we get to the last document, Mary calls the children over to the table. What do you think? Would you like to sign too? She smiles at us and winks, and Raffi's the first to grab a pen. Look! I can write my name real good. We laugh. I've helped him practice cursive writing this year, and he signs his name in all of his new books. Me too, me too. Angie grabs the pen and adds her scribble, and the two disappear to a toy-filled corner in the office. Well, I suppose that's it. Mary looks at us expectantly, and then...
I feel funny, Perry, I whisper. You are funny, babe. It's one of the reasons I love you so much. No, I mean, I don't feel right. I feel... It's just the altitude, Mary assures me. You'll get used to it. Yeah, babe, it's the altitude. He turns pale and avoids my gaze. Perry, what are you not telling me? When he finally looks at me, it's as if all of the oxygen has been sucked out of the room. The children are huddled over a large puzzle, their backs to us, and fear grips me. Uh, I guess now's as good of a time as any. Babe, remember that scan I had last year? Of course I remember. You told me everything was okay. It was just a false positive. I feel dizzy. Well, I had a decision to make, a fast one, and I know I should have let you in on it, but I was just so... Perry, what have you done? What have we done? I glance at our four signatures below the fine print on the last page. From the corner of my eye, I see Mary slip from the room, and I wonder why my heart's not beating furiously. Can a person be so frightened that all sensations cease? This way we'll be together forever, just like we pledged on our wedding day. Perry smiles, and my vision threatens to trick me again. I seem to see right through him. What? What do you mean? Perry? What's happening to you? What's happening to me? I look at my hands, and they fade from sight. I reach to touch Perry's cheek, and my hand passes through him. Perry! It's all right, babe. You'll get used to it. I promise. But the children! I look at them, and they turn toward us with their suddenly pale faces. They stare at us with fleeting expressions of understanding, smile, unearthly smiles. Raphael takes Angela's wispy hand, and they float off to play with hosts of ethereal new friends who've just appeared from nowhere outside the office. See? Perry startles me from my astonishment. They've already adapted. You will too, I promise. Let's go home now, babe. He takes my hand somehow, and we float through the office window. I look behind at the bodies of a lovely young family, husband and wife slumped in office chairs, two children in a corner collapsed over an unfinished puzzle. As darkness falls in our new neighborhood, others like us rise from stony yards and float by to greet us. The old miner tips his hat and waves. Despite the holiday, the whole town seems quiet tonight. When we drift inside our new home, I don't feel the cold anymore. I don't feel anything at all. Huh. Perry's right. I'm adapting already. Guess I'll sleep like the dead tonight. Tricky treat indeed, my little angel. That concludes my short story, Fine Print. I was able to use my personal experience with living in Leadville to embellish my story just a little bit. I also mentioned when I recorded my last short story that I'm going to be launching a new podcast with just my short stories in it. And I'm not going to tell you the name quite yet because I'm still working on that. 
but uh, I'll let you know just as soon as that's up and running. It'll be a place where you can find all my short stories, and I'll be doing at least one per month from here on out. And if you enjoyed this and other stories, please subscribe to Alligator Preserves on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with my latest episodes. And please share this with your friends. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you'll receive at patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves. And join me next time when I'll have a completely different short story. Until then... Stay warm this fall and winter season, and remember to read the fine print. (laughs) Bye.